Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Yeah. Man, God is awesome. God is awesome. <clears throat> I just, uh, I was praying and just talking to God today, and I was just asking him, like, you know, just what he was wanting to share today, and I felt like there was kind of like an openness with him and me, and we were talking, and it was like, just just to have even like our own thought, like he wants us to, he wants to engage us, you know, he wants to participate in communion with us, and I just feel like God was just saying, like, just think about it. Think about some of the aspects that you, that, that you could teach on or things that um, are stirring or things that you feel are kind of needed in the church. And I felt like that was quite of an interesting exercise that God was getting me to do because um, when I was getting into it, I just, I really felt like there were a lot of different things that we could speak on and things that we could grow in when it comes to our faith, when it comes to um, seeking the Lord. And uh, one of the ones that really just sparked my interest here today, and I really feel like there was some cool things that God was like even just sharing about it. And it was just about his spirit. And I was even uh, talking with um, uh, my good friend, uh, Daniel, um, and a few others uh, just yesterday just about his spirit and talking about um, just how alive we are when we have the spirit of God inside of us like how vibrant we get to be as people and how important it is for each one of us to be that vibrant soul you know Um, just give me one second and it's his spirit that revives us. It's a spirit that gives the life that we need. And I'm going to just kind of show this in some passages of scripture and just kind of talk a little bit more about the spirit of the Lord when it um, is resting upon us. And so in Isaiah 11, 2 to 3, it says, um, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make decisions by what his ears hear. Isn't that interesting? One of the passages of scriptures that I'm going to go through is a lot of real live case examples of where the spirit of the Lord went in opposition to, um, you know, the way that we think. Like, there's a lot of people that get so caught up in their ideologies, and we get so fixated on our own thinking that sometimes we lose sight of that pure relationship we have with God himself and just wanting to interact with him and get the understanding that comes really from his spirit to our spirit. Amen? Like a lot of times we we lose sight of that. 
because we are focused, like in this passage of scripture here, you know, he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make decisions by what his ears hear. You know, and so we see that that verse was also prefaced with that the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. We know this is talking about Jesus, right? The spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. It's like when the spirit of God is resting on us, when the spirit of the Lord is engaged with our spirit, we're not looking at what we see with our natural eyes. We're not paying attention to, you know, the surroundings and evaluating things that way. We're paying attention to what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts. And I've had a lot of people over the course of history in my life, and I know a number of you guys have as well, where somebody goes up to you and says, man, you did a really good job with whatever it was, okay? Like, I feel like in my life, God's really put me into a place over these last few years where there's been a lot of program and development and things of that nature. That's not who I'm identified with. I'm identified with whatever Christ wants me to be identified with. And so he put these opportunities in my path, and that's something that I experienced. And I became strong in a thing that I experienced that way, but that's only because of what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do through me just like how he wants to do something through each one of us. And the cool thing about it is that it doesn't, like, it's not like I'm paying attention to those things from the natural perspective. I'm not just looking at it and saying, oh, I accomplished this achievement, and saying, this is what I did, or someone coming up to me, and I've, I've had it, where many interactions where people go, oh, well, you're just, you're just naturally built for that kind of thing or you're just naturally good at, you know, thinking systematically or whatever. Everybody has a mentality that they superimpose on other people. We all superimpose things on other people, right? And we are looking through a lens that we've created and we've had in our own minds where what God is saying in Scripture is when the Spirit of God is resting in you, when the Spirit of God is alive on the inside of you, that you're not judging things by what you see. So when people, like, they come up to me and they say, oh, that's a really good thing. It's like, yes, but I'm not judging it by what I see. Like, sometimes God gets us to do things that are contrary to what you would expect for an outcome. And so if we're always paying attention to our own eyesight, the eyesight of our, of our eyes, of our understanding, <clears throat> make decisions by what, you know, my ears hear, make decisions by that, we're going to lose sight of it. We're going to lose sight of maybe someone God that uh, placed in our life that's so precious that's built for an opportunity to let that person grow in their faith and to let you grow in yours. You'll miss out on an opportunity because we don't engage with our spirit man to his spirit. And so I just want to take it a step further and I want to look into um, the Bible and go back into um, history here and back to where uh, Moses um, was leading the people. And how many of you guys know that Moses was a really, like big deal back in those times, right? Like, there was a lot of things that Moses did. 
Do you know that Moses, when he fled from Egypt and he went out into the wilderness, and then he ended up, you know, getting married and, <clears throat> and all of that, that he wasn't going to come back. He wasn't. He was good at where he was. He had a heart for God. We know that. We know that he cared for his, the people of Israel, but he wasn't going to go back. He wasn't going to go back to Israel. God appeared to him in a burning bush. His spirit, he said, my spirit is going to go with you. He was like, how can I know I can do this? It's just through his spirit. So anyways, let's go into Exodus 31, 1 to 5, because I just wanted to make sure we knew that about Moses, but this is not about Moses. It's about other people in connection with Moses. And we're just going to look into sort of like a cascading effect of what the Spirit of God starts doing through other people. And so, because we know Moses was, was being led by God, and then he was out in the wilderness, and he was, um, you know, uh, leading the people of Israel through the wilderness. And there were other men and women of God that were actually doing things under the Spirit of God, believe it or not. Like, it's not just Moses that was just doing that, and then just Joshua and Caleb. It was, there was a few other people involved, and so I really want to bring that out. And so, um, we see here in Exodus 31, 1 to 5, now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship to create artistic designs for work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stones for settings and the carving of wood, so that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. So this is a person that was basically... Um, being led through the Spirit of God, okay, to be a craftsman, a craftsman. You know, a lot of us, we say, oh, well, you know, you have to be, you have to be Moses. You have to be a preacher. You have to be, like, whatever. You have to do something like that, right? Like, but what are we seeing here? That God has a way to engage the Spirit with each one of us. Like, as a craftsman, we have the ability to engage the Spirit of God. That God delights when we're good in connecting our spirit, right, with His and doing good at what we're doing. Doing an excellent job in the area that He has provided us. He's given us a special grace, a special ability. You know, my grandpa was a contractor, and built houses, um, and all sorts of things. And God had a special grace upon him to do that kind of work. And he was full of, the, of God. He would fill himself with the Lord in the morning. He would spend his time. And believe it or not, guys, every single one of us are important. Every aspect of the church is important. There's a lot of people that are extremely important, and it says even in the Bible, like those that, you know, you think are important here on this earth because we have a way of putting a person in a hot seat and make them, you know, look like they're something great. But, you know, God says it's going to look different when you get to the kingdom of God. And I can tell you one thing, 
when you have a relationship with God, when you open up your spirit, man, and you just say, okay, God, you know what? I'm going to have a relationship with you, and I want you to engage with me in what I'm doing. That is something that the Lord is seeing that is going to be important when we pass away from here and we go up into heaven, right? And so one of the cool things about this is that Moses was a man that was not first off going in the direction that God already intended for him to go, that God came and took Moses and led him to where he was wanting him to go. But then you can see here in the passage of scripture that other people were. And we know this by like Stephen who was waiting on tables, like, you know, a server, <clears throat> you know, he was a server and that's all he did. And then he got stoned and he died, right? Like he was a server. He didn't, you know, speak a really big message and go around and do all the same things that the disciples did. But he was somebody that was led by the Spirit of the Lord. So what am I getting at? I'm getting at the fact that the Spirit of God is so important and vital for each one of us. It's so important that sometimes we think that our natural selves are the reason why we can do things, but really, it can't. And a lot of times, when we go to put our hands to things, we only get so far. We can only sometimes move the needle only a little bit. But when we put ourselves under the Spirit of the Lord, that needle moves so much faster. But also, when we yield and give ourselves um, over to the Lord and say, okay, God, I want you to do something with my life. I want you to plan out and orchestrate my life towards whatever giftings and callings you want me to work out in my life. You know, he might say, well, today I want you to be a craftsman, and tomorrow I want you to do something else. Like, he has the right to be able to do those kinds of things because he's God, right? So I want to get a, another passage of Scripture here that I think is really fascinating that I feel like emphasizes um, the importance of how powerful the Spirit of God is in making decision <clears throat> and providing direction. And so in Numbers uh, 11... 10 to 29, it says, Now Moses heard the people weeping without their families, or sorry, throughout their families, each one at the entrance of his tent. And the anger of the Lord became very hot, and Moses was displeased. Okay? So Moses said to the, said to the Lord, Why have you been so hard on your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you have put the burden of all this people on me? Was it I who conceived all this people, or did I give birth to them, that you should say to me, carry them in your arms, as a nurse carries a nursing infant to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all the, this people? For they weep before me, saying, give us meat so that we may eat, I am not able to carry all this people by myself because it is too burdensome for me. So if you are going to deal with me this way, please kill me now. <laughs> if I have found favor in your sight and do not let me, uh, do not let me see my misery. <laughs> okay, so Moses is just honest. He's like, this is where I'm at. And what does he do? He says, I'm going for God. I'm going to get the Spirit of God, right? Do we do that? Do we ask for the Spirit of God, right? 
And so if we ask for him, he's going to come and he's going to be a part of our life because he doesn't give up on us and he's ready and more willing to engage with us than we are to engage with him. So it goes on to say, the Lord therefore said to Moses, gather for me 70 men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers, and bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take away some of the spirit who is upon you and put him upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it by yourself. And you shall say to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Oh, that someone would give us meat to eat. For we were well off in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall eat not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nose and makes you nauseated because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wept before him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses said, the people, um, sorry, oh yeah, but Moses said, the people among whom I am included are 600,000 on foot, yet you have said, I will give them meat so that they may eat for a whole month. Are flocks and herds to be slaughtered for them so that it will be sufficient for them? Or are all the fish of the sea to be caught for them so that it will be sufficient for them? Then the Lord said to Moses, is the Lord's power too little? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. He also gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and positioned them around the tent. So this is the part I want us to pay attention to. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him, and he took away some of the spirit who was upon him and placed him upon the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, yet they did not uh, do it again. But check this part out. So first off, we find out that the Spirit of the Lord literally jumped from Moses onto them, right? So what are we saying? Is that the Spirit of God is alive. The Spirit of God, like, you can't just say, oh, I'm just going to have the Spirit of God and I'm going to, you know, fabricate it in my mind or I'm just going to choose what I want and he's just going to come because he just has to. Like, you can't demand something of someone that's superior to everything that we have on this earth. You can request that he comes and has um, habitation in us, but that's all we can do. But the beautiful thing is that we know that he loves us, so then he will have, have habitation in us. But this is an interesting part, right? Because a lot of us here might say, well, why, why would he engage me? Right? Like, there's... There's billions of people on the earth. Why would he want to spend his time with me? Like, he's already got his 12 disciples up in heaven, right? Like, he's, he's already got, you know, a lot of other great men and women of God. Like, why engage me? Like, why even spend time with me, right? And, or like, maybe there might be a few in this place, but not all of us, right? And so this is what I want to debunk on that, because I find that it just, we get so off on how we interpret scripture because there's lots of scriptures in the new testament that talk about how god wants to rest the spirit on all of us but there's this this passage actually goes into talking about it a little bit and it says 
But two men, okay, check this out, but two men had remained in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were among those who had been um, registered but had not gone out to the tent. And they prophesied in the camp. So a young man ran and informed Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the personal servant of Moses from his youth, responded and said, My Lord, Moses, restrain them. But Moses said to him, this is the part that I like to, to get at. But Moses said to them, Are you jealous for my sake? If only all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Then Moses returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Israel. Isn't that awesome? Are you jealous for my sake? If only the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Like, God, even when you look at the, the passage, and even just the way that God had conducted himself throughout the Bible and how he had tried to engage continually with people, it's like, how many times has he wanted all of us to engage his spirit? You know what I mean? Like just to say, I want to engage you. And he doesn't just want to engage us and say, oh, well then if you want to, then you need to go to seminary and you need to, you know, you, you have to learn new things. You know what I mean? Well, what about a guy who God said, I want you to do good at being a craftsman or I want you to be good at, you know, stirring up your, um, you know, uh, your spirit and waiting on tables and, and giving, you know, insight and words and different things to people that you're serving, you know? What about that? What about that person? What about the person that, you know, is, you know, engaged in prayer that's behind the scenes and nobody pays attention to, nobody even knows they're existing and they're putting their, their sweat and equity into just pouring out because the spirit of God is putting things, burdening them in their heart. And they're actually praying for those that are out front and center. What about those people? You know, like the Spirit of God wants to engage each one of us. If you're done being, in, like done being uh, just full of yourself and feeling like, you know, the drudgery of just like walking through the everyday and seeing everything through just black and white and you want some color to your life, let the Spirit of the Lord rest on you and ignite yourself into a full colorful person that God has made you to be. God made each one of us to be so vibrant and so alive that when we engage the spirit of the Lord, he wants to come and have an, an, an encounter and have a habitation with you and provide success and not failure towards the things that he wants over your life. He wants you to live and feel like you're accomplishing things, that you're not failing at everything that you feel like you're putting your hands to. That's not what the Spirit of the Lord is. But the thing is with the Spirit of the Lord is you can't just say, I want to do it my way. When you engage the Spirit of the Lord, you can't say, I'm going to do my own thing. Well, I'm just going to go and I'm going to do the plan, but I'm going to do it my way because I'm going to go after a selfish cause. I'm going to go after a selfish motive. I'm going to go after, you know, I'm, I've, I've got a harbored uh, anger in my spirit. I'm going to just live in with my anger in my spirit because I, I'm offended at that person. Or you can't do any of those things. You have to, we have to sanctify ourselves and say, God, I want to come to you. God, I want, to, I want to come to you. So you want to know what the cost is? The cost is that we have to lay down our life to be able to get a life. We have to lay down 
our own will and we have to allow God's will to come into our life because then the Spirit of God is able to work in us to both will and to do those things that are according to his word, right? And I'm telling you right now, it's not just to go into some cookie-cutter class of what everybody has fabricated God's gospel to be. You don't need to come up and have some kind of altar call and we have to fill out some kind of like card and then after filling out that card, you have to go down this certain pathway and by the time you're done, you're like, what did I do? It's going after God in your spirit and it's identifying with the things that you've never, you've, you've chosen not to give over in your spirit and saying, I'm going to give that to the Lord and saying, I'm not going to live this way because I'm done living a black and white life and I want to have some color in my life and I really know that God has a plan for me. And so I just really want to see the church, like I just want to see each one of us so alive. I'm telling you, not one of us needs to live in a place where we feel like we're lost. We don't need to feel like we're goners. Like, let's engage in the spirit. Like, let's stop being disobedient. Let's stop giving over ourselves to something else. Like, you know, or, you know, doing something that we know is wrong. Like, God has a reason why he put us on this earth. Like, let's be the reason that he made us. Let's actually be people that he's called us out to be. Let's live a godly life. You know what I'm saying? You know? And I, I just, um, that's why I went, like, when Daniel uh, even, like, came out to the church, I just, I felt like, because I, like, I just have the same, like, just that heart for God, like, this kind of stuff. And I just, when God when Daniel first came into the church, like, because I, I told you, me, me and him were talking about some of these things yesterday, but it was just like, I just felt like in my spirit, I was supposed to go talk to him, and I just started talking to him, and I just felt like God was just saying stuff, you know, and I know that Daniel really does that too, and you know what, one of the things that Daniel says is he says, I want God to just put me on like a glove, you know what I mean? It's like, I just want to yield myself to the Lord, but the thing is, we become vibrant, in our spirit. You know, you could say, oh, well, you don't understand Daniel. Daniel's just a, you, you know, he's like one of those like really outgoing kind of guys, right? He's just full of like life, like a bubbly kind of guy, right? So like that's only going to last like, you know, maybe so long and then he gets older and things change, right? Or, you know, you might say, well, you know, he's just got that high energy. Like that's just how he's built, right? How many of these people, like I said, we get in lots of contact with people and it's again the how we fabricate our thoughts and superimpose those on how we see other people right but what we need to do is remove that and say okay if i if this person is saying you know i want to you know have god use me like a glove let's see that happen right and i i remember you know engaging with daniel over different times and i mean like even just doing the basketball thing that we've been doing it's like that's all the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was stirring up the idea of even wanting to entertain the idea of going down the whole idea of even doing basketball. And you go, oh, well, you know, Aaron, you know, you've got a background in doing program things. And, you know, Daniel, he's very charismatic. So it kind of sounds like that was probably just a natural thing that happened. Guys, 
I can tell you so far from the truth that is. It's just like, it is not that. It is when God infuses a person, I am equipped and used and vibrant and alive. I have will. I have choice. Just like today when I woke up and I was talking to the Lord about what he wanted to, to, pre, to, to have spoken today. He just engaged me and he's just like, well, what do you think? Because guys, he doesn't give us like a no, no brain. You know what I mean? It's like his spirit comes with us. It's like I can have the spirit of the Lord with me while I'm doing things. I can feel charged when I feel like I would naturally go uncharged. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can have a supernatural grace when I need it, when I wouldn't normally have the grace to do something. I wouldn't have that in my natural self. What I'm saying is that when we engage spiritual behavior towards God, God will choose to engage towards us because of how much he loves us, but we can't force it. It's not some fabrication you have in your mind. It's not something that you just make up. It's when he chooses to come and have an interaction with us and a habitation with us. He, he chooses that because he sees what we're doing. He sees what we're giving over to him. He sees the sacrifice in our hearts. He sees the love and the compassion that we have on the inside of us. And he says, I'm going to come and I'm going to have an interaction with you because I'm choosing that as an individual. Would you want a God that's just robotic and it's just like a systematic thing? Or would, wouldn't that be awesome just to know like, wow, you just decided to choose me for, you know? Like he just comes down and, and the Holy Spirit just goes, I just, I just want to choose you right now. I just, I just want to have, I just want to inhabit with you right now. Imagine just going and doing whatever our work is. Imagine just serving a table and the Holy Spirit just comes because you said, God, I just want to do your will, you know? And, and he's like, that's great. And just keep doing what you're doing. You do it well. But then he just comes and says, I'm just choosing to be with you right now. I'm just choosing to do it with you right now. And then you're serving and you're like full of God and full of life and you're like, Man, I just, I just, I feel like I got to go and share something with this person. And then all of a sudden people just come around you and what did we talk about earlier? People coming around and saying, oh, well, that person's just a natural engager. That person just is really good at engaging with people. They're just naturally built to connect with people. <laughs> right? Because we're going to assume our own logic and superimpose that on how we view that, inter that engagement. But what I'm saying is that we can't do that in this case. When we're looking at the Spirit of God, it's the Spirit of God that does what the Spirit of God chooses to do. And He does it, and He wants to be a part of everybody's life. So when you see something and somebody is like, I'm doing this with God, Believe me, it's not them doing it in themselves. It's not them doing it from the way that you might understand to get things done. I don't wake up and feel exhausted and feel like, oh man, well, you don't know. I'm just going to have to fight and fight and fight. I don't do that. I don't need to do that. But it's because I'm engaging different with my spirit, with God. So when you see different things that are going on and somebody's saying that, that they're seeing that from the Spirit, listen to what they're saying. Listen to those people that are saying that and ask them, well, what have you done to accomplish that in your life? What caused that to happen in your life? How did you accomplish that 
you know, that, that thing that you, you did? Or, or why are you so good at interacting with people? Or why are you so, you know, why do you do this so well? It's because God decides he wants to infuse a person and make them a real person. The person that was built before, you know, corruption and all that disgustingness came into the earth. He wants to make each one of us a precious vessel. Like, how can we believe in a gospel and say, oh yeah, we want him to make us into a precious, you know, vessel, and he cares so much for us, and then we're just going and dragging our feet and feeling like we're walking in the mud every day. How are you a precious vessel when you wake up and spend time in the morning? You know what I'm saying? How are we a precious soul? So I want to get into another uh, scripture here. Uh, so just a couple from the New Testament. So in Philippians 3, 2 to 3, it says, Beware of the dogs. Be- beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision. Who what? Who worship in the spirit of God and take pride in Christ Jesus, not in ourselves, not taking pride in saying, look what I did, look how awesome I am, look what I'm doing, that's so wonderful. No, taking pride in Jesus Christ and put no confidence in the flesh. So, you know, you could say, when people come up to me and say, well, man, you know, you did a, you did a good job building a programmy thing or did something, whatever, right? I'm just going to go, I don't care. That's what he told me to do today. That's not what he's going to tell me to do tomorrow. It's going to be something different, and I'm going to be ready. And whatever the Holy Spirit wants me to do, that's what I'm doing. I'm not doing what I don't want to do. Or I'm not, sorry, I'm not doing what, um, you know, like what I want to do, like, just because I get comfortable in it. I can. I can just get comfortable and go, wow, you know what? God built a few things inside of me. Now I'm going to go down my own path towards what I want it to turn into, rather than saying, God, I'm just going to be yours, and I thank you that you're going to take care of me, and I thank you that you love me, because a lot of times we don't yield to him because we don't believe that he loves us, or we don't even understand the concept of what that love means, because we won't want to yield that area, because we don't know that there's no punishment involved with it. We don't know that there's no, um, like, like, per, like a way that you feel um, just off. Like, he doesn't do that. He doesn't make you that way. Like, you might feel like your flesh is crying out and arguing with you, but he doesn't destroy any of us. He's not doing that to you. He's not wrecking you as a person. We wreck ourselves. We do a really fantastic job at wrecking ourselves more than... <laughs> More than we give ourselves credit for, I can tell you that. And I mean, we, I'm just saying, like, we really have to watch what we do and how we engage with God. Like, so you got to beware. And like, I'm telling you, in society these days, even in like the Christian culture, it's like the Spirit of God is like, where is it? You know, it's on our own abilities. Like, you can make some kind of cool church logo and, you know, go and engage with people and, you know, study psychology or do whatever, and then just, like, you know, read tons of scripture and just get all methodical and just get all a certain way on how you develop. And then there's, like, no life in the church. It's just all a person's just thoughts and all just, like, man-made ways of doing things. 
where when we engage our spirit and maybe like someone that we don't even know that might be sitting in the back and it's like, you know, they end up getting full of God and then all of a sudden they have a really creative idea on something they want to do, you know? And it's like God can just develop different things in the church. God can just grow things through people, you know what I mean? Like through the person that, that we are. Like that's how he wants to engage with us. I'm just telling you. Guys, this is really what it's about, is just being full of his spirit rather than just, you know, a false circumcision, like a false way of being. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, and I just want to bring it out about Paul, because, you know, Paul's are obviously a really good example of someone who was led by the spirit of God. Like, I mean, the guy was knocked down, and, you know, God's just like, I'm going to do something different with you, and that's just how it is, you know? He just... <laughs> He just worked in them, and, uh, and he wrote a lot of the New Testament, right? So let's go. For, so 1 Corinthians 2, you want to pull that up there? I'm going to pull it up here on my phone, too. Actually, before we do that, can we put that first song on? I just want, to, like, I just want us to, to practice just entering into his presence I just want to do that first, and then we'll go into the scripture, and then uh, just really practice entering his presence. So, you want to fire that on?
just something we say that sounds clever. It's more than a superstition. It's a reality of the truth of the word of God that he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And in this moment, his presence is tangible. In Hebrews, it says that a race has been marked out for us to run and we are to run it with endurance. And all of us have been running a race uphill for the last little while. We've been on a hill and we want to get off. But the Bible says run with endurance. And this is what it says. You know how you do it. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. So in this moment right now, fix your eyes. Fix your eyes on the Holy One. Fix your eyes on the One. Reach out and touch His garment. Reach out right now. He's here. His presence is here.
There we go. Awesome. All right, I want to get into some scripture again. And then we're going to go into just some time of just allowing our spirit to just engage with God. Amen? We're going to allow our spirit to engage with God. So we're going to do that through worship. We're going to have the worship team up after. But I just want to read passages of scripture here. So 1 Corinthians 2, it says, and this is Paul here. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come as one, uh, sorry, as someone superior in speaking ability or wisdom. As I proclaim to you the testimony of God. So he's not speaking out of ability or wisdom. How many of us have caught ourselves saying like, um, you know, well, I'm not able to do that. I'm not capable of doing that. Did God ask us if we were concerned about whether we were able or not? Right? Because he's just going to say, like, this is what I want you to do. You know what I mean? This is what I've got for you. When he speaks to you and you know it's from him, okay? I'm not talking about something maybe you're questioning, but when you know it's from God and you know he's spoken something to you, and you just what? We just go, "Uh, I don't think that you're... I don't think I'm able to do that. Paul wasn't speaking that way. You know, Moses was saying, I don't think I'm able to do this. And God's like, I'll do it. So it's because we're relying on the wrong thing, right? And so we can see that Paul's really getting an understanding of this. And so, you know, he goes on to say that, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ. That's why I really like that song. It's like, turn your eyes to Jesus. Like, stop looking at everybody else around us. Stop doing the the, the false comparisons. He's already made you special. He's already picked the perfect plan for you. He's already fabricated you the way he wants to. And if you engage your spirit with him, you're going to come alive. There's no excuse. There's no reason why you could suffer anymore. He's got a perfect plan for you. There's billions of people on the earth, and he keeps making them. Okay? We still are coming out, and he's still pulling us into heaven. He's still pulling each one of us. He's got great plans for each one of us. So, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I also was with you in weakness and fear and in great trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. So, this is what Paul's, his where his soul was, where his, his uh, natural being was. So how many of us are willing to take a step when we feel weak and feel fearful, right? So it's like, but we, let's say we know something that God wants us to do, but, you know, we're like, well, no, I, I, oh, I just don't want to do it. You have no idea why. I just don't want to do it. It's like we're scared of something, you know? But it's like when God wants us to do something, we just walk forward, we let ourselves walk forward. And it says here, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. So he didn't sound awesome. He didn't sound like he was trying to sway an opinion or something like that. But in what? In demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. Woo! Man, imagine that, eh? Like we get something from the Spirit of God. Imagine we engage with the Spirit of God and then God goes, 
I want you to do this, this, and this. And you're like, whoa, what the heck? That is, that's, I'm going to, I feel pretty weak if I go and do that. That's okay. That's okay. Live out your salvation. Walk it out. Be willing to be yielded to his spirit. Be willing to move forward. Um, and so it says here, um, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. So that's what we're seeing is the power of God at work. And so when we're engaging, we just like lift up and magnify the Lord and we build our spirit, man. There's something that people will notice that's tangible that comes from only him. You know, and it says, yet we do, um, yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, this is the cool part, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. Like, you know, Joe Biden is not understanding the wisdom of God. You know, Justin Trudeau is not understanding the wisdom of God. And many rulers and people of this earth prior. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the human heart, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. Through the Spirit, guys. So if you're like, oh, well, I have to go to a seminary. I have to go through a particular way of getting into doing ministry or I can only engage this far with God and then I have to I have to bow out of the rest of the things that God has in store for people because that's as far as I'm going to go in the role that I have in the job that I have or in the things that I do in my life but that's not the case right so it's through the spirit we engage with God. We can engage our spirit man with him in every moment of our lives. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person that is in him? So also the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But the one who is spiritual discerns all things. Yet he himself is discerned by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So basically we have a spiritual um, obligation with the Lord to have engagement with him and to engage our spirit on a continual basis with him. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.